The following Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by donations from listeners like you. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash podshock for your free audiobook download. Live from the Mercury Swamp on Vulcan, this is Doctor Who Podshock. Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, well, let's do it. No, I <laughs> you know, Whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program. With Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah. What blew that? <laughs> I'm the Doctor, and who are you? Who are you? Outpost Gallifrey and the Gallifrey Embassy present... Doctor Who Podshock, episode 154. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. Hello. And as always, the legend, the man, across the great pond is none other than James Naughton. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> the legend. He laughs like the master. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Doctor Who Podshock. The, James has the evil laugh going. <laughs> is it an evil petting zoo oh it's a it's a, it's a jam-packed doctor who podshock so jam-packed i can't even tell you what we're going to do today because we don't know what we're going to get to and what we're not i know that feedback is on the list i know news is on the list we may have some special guests we may have a review we may have juggling who knows all right let's jump right into the the doctor who news about right the dancing the monkeys well we'll save that as a special treat as of uh, this afternoon, Mark Gatiss broadcast a special radio show on the Target novelizations, and Lewis and I had a chance to listen to it yeah, it's via a lot of other means. And it's only available for the next seven days, well, as at the time that we're recording this, which is uh, Tuesday, today's Tuesday, yes, yeah, so it's the 23rd, so by the 30th, the end of June, should be um, your window of opportunity to give a listen to it. It's available on the BBC iPlayer, which is not gated in the, you know, it's not behind the, the BBC iron wall. It's um, it's available outside of the UK as well, which is fantastic. So anyone can listen to it if you can, um, if you have internet access, that is, and uh, connect to it. We have a link to it on our site, gallifrandembassy.org or podchock.net. Look for the article and it has a link to it, and give a listen to it. It's a, it's a great half-hour documentary. It's wonderful. Mm. They have a nice retrospective on the Target novelizations, uh, interviews with Terrence Dix, as well as um, Russell T. Davies, and... Annika uh, Wills. And- yeah, just a, a host of, uh, of interviews, plus clips from the show, clips from the audiobooks of the novelizations. And Mark Gatiss himself is is wonderfully... Um, warm and gushing about his recollections of being a young person growing up and, and listening, reading, I should say reading, the Target novelizations. I have a full collection of the Target novelizations. They are gems. They're total gems. They're mm. And some of the, the best books in the Target line would expand some of the stories in many ways. And I know 
some of the guys, I think, from Radio Free Scarrow were mentioning in some of the black and white stories, they, they remember reading the books before ever seeing the stories, which in their case they thought was a bit of a letdown because your imagination is always the best special effects. Sure. And, and I agree. I, I have a, the opposite um, condition. I watched the stories first and then wound up reading some of the uh, some of the novelizations. So I already had an idea of what to expect, well, except in the cases of like the missing stories, like reading yeah. Fury from the Deep, which, by the way, is a tome and a half. Victor Pemberton just just packed that novel. As the documentary explains, and, and for a long time, Doctor Who fans, um, and Ken and I can attest to that as well, is that at one time, this was the only way to get some of these stories. They weren't available. They weren't released on VHS at the time. And um, here in the States, the PBS stations were not playing the older episodes. And um, and in the UK, it was rare, you know, that they repeat episodes, you know, at that time as well. So your these novelizations was the only way to... Um, watch so you know quote in quotations watch these episodes because they weren't available elsewise they were yeah. always reasonably priced and and the best part about the novelizations were they were always on as long as you had it in your hand you had Doctor Absolutely. Who. well and James, they're great have... great illustrations as well so i mean as far as the cover artwork they was always um right um legendary uh with his artwork and mm-hmm. just some wonderful stuff be a great convention guest. Uh, I, I don't know if he's done anything in the states. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. All right, what well, else is in the TARDIS newsroom? There was a well, a, an, a, you, uh, okay. I didn't mean to. <laughs> you were about to go there, so I figured I'll let you go there. Well, once again, it's that time of the year where rumors of the children in need. What's you know, what time of the year isn't it rumor season? Yeah, I know, but it's <laughs> it's the children in need rumor time of year now. Okay. <laughs> Where, if you remember, if you, if you rewind back to last year, somewhere somewhere around this time last year, we were discussing this uh, rumor about the ten doctors coming together for a children in need one-off special episode, and we were discussing that. And the, even then, we were very highly skeptical that it was going to happen. But you know, we entertained the thought nonetheless. And and you, know, you see what became of it—that legendary ten doctors special that we all know and love. Yes, yes. It, <laughs> Man, was that one great? <laughs> well, then we sort of written it off, If and this might be a little spoiler if you haven't seen The Next Doctor, because there's a little bit in The Next Doctor where the previous Doctors are sort of somewhat reviewed. And, yes. Um, so we've written that off, or maybe that's what that whole leaked story might have been, you know, the, the, the seed of truth of that might have been that. So, but uh, hey, David Tennant is laying on the ground in his final story. And it's the end, but the moment has been prepared for. <laughs> and and he's flashing back to to um, uh, William Hartnell, and Hartnell is doing his, you know, the, you know, go forward in all your beliefs. And then Patrick Troughton steps up, and he says something from Tomb of the Cybermen, and then Pertwee says a tear, Sarah Jane, and and, you know, and on and on and on we go. And then suddenly Tennant does it. I mean, come on, it's not hard to figure out. <laughs> enough with this enough with this all they did was take the the <laughs> file the word file from a year ago and somebody said oh i'll just i'll just email this to my editor i won't have to do anything i'll just change the date no and add a doctor <laughs> yeah i'll just add matt smith to it 
I think we may have touched a nerve with Ken. No, because six months from now, we'll we'll I'll dig this out. You're revisiting bag, and this we'll again. Turn yeah. and we'll say, How great was the Eleven Doctor special? It was great. <laughs> they, they took my suggestion and they previewed the Eleventh Doctor before he actually regenerated into the Eleventh Doctor. Boy, wow, that's great. That story was awesome. Did you see when they battled the Silorians? You know, I, 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 what, well, what? it's going to be 11 doctors in 15 this? minutes. So I, I joked on our website that, yeah, it's going to be a relay race. There's one doctor from is going to be, you know, running to the other. It's going to be a, a real relay race from one TARDIS to the other. You know, one doctor yeah. running to the other TARDIS sure. to, ha- ha- you know, hand off the, the baton and, or whatever yeah. it may I'll be. I'll put it to you this way this story mm-hmm. is as accurate as Patrick Stewart playing Davros. <laughs> Wait hey, a minute! Could it could be as accurate as um, Timothy Dalton being inducted. Well, then, yeah, that's true. <laughs> then now, dead now, now we kind of dis- we we took the Mickey out of that and dismissed that story. Off the and then, then a photo turns up with him standing next to. And this is a spo- spoiler alert! Bong! Spoiler alert! Um, there's a photo of David Tennant with Timothy Dalton and John Sim, who we're assuming is returning as the Master. A beautiful photo on io9 was the first to break that yeah yes yeah, yeah, i believe so it, amongst other places like the sun and so on uh, who probably got it from io9 yeah we uh, should uh, make a point that uh john sim is um not dressed in any way that we could really see you know for all we know he could be just visiting the set at the time whatever this picture indeed. was not a set pitch i mean it was offset it was um well, but obviously timothy dalton costume. was dressed in in something that was very um, revealing. Yeah. Well, I don't mean revealing for Timothy Dalton, but telling as far as what type of character he's playing. He was wearing a thong. (laughs) Indeed, very skimpy. No, he was very, very Gallifreyan in his appearance. Uh, More Gallifreyan than James Bond, that's for sure. And, uh, well, he wasn't in a tux, let's say. I mean, that would have been great. You know, the Doctor and James Bond next to each other. and that would have. We've always said that James Bond is a Time Lord. Of course. Of course, and they would have could have said, "Yes, he's the fourth incarnation of James Bond. <laughs> he's uh, the Tom Baker of um. He is the Tom Baker of, of Bonds, mm. and Tennant is in is in costume. Dalton is in something that looks like a costume, and John Sim looks like he just got out of a Starbucks. <laughs> was just jogging over to the set. Yeah. <laughs> And it looks but, like they're singing something, or maybe they're chanting something in Gallifrey, and who knows? Or it's just complete rubbish, or it's been photoshopped. <laughs> yeah, well, it was yeah, obviously be. it's a video grab. If you, if you can tell if you look at the image, it's interlaced. So I'm assuming it was a still from some sort of um, someone was taking some maybe a handheld video device yeah, maybe something and was recording from, something uh, and from the the, uh, the confidentials or maybe something that we're going to see eventually on dvds as a special feature who knows yeah i was thinking even lower tech than that i was thinking that it could have been you know either a Cell mobile phone. phone that had you know recording capabilities or, or sometimes still uh, digital cameras now can do recordings as well and who can say who can say it's but interesting from, anyway it's from the 11 doctor special <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Dalton is playing is is doing the Richard Herndall and he's actually playing a young first doctor and John Sim is playing the Valyard. <laughs> or maybe he looks he looks like he's actually dressed up as the meddling monk, I thought. Seeing it. he's got this kind of black <laughs> hooded top, so maybe that's that's who John Sim is. Well he's playing uh, the Rani. Could be the Rani, yeah. His hair is bleached for um so who knows? Yeah. Who can say? It'll it's all gonna be now interesting. That, now that we've Played drunken spoiler moment here on Podcast. 
drunken spoiler alert. What yeah, you should like? have been around last Monday when we, had, when we had our DW, joint meetup with DWNY and the Gallifrey Embassy. That would have been drunken spoiler day. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was uh, last Monday, the 15th. We had a lot of people coming in from all different corners of the globe. James, you were missed. People asked about you. I know. Sorry. Next time. 25th, maybe. But all special right. guest was uh, Daphne Ashbrook, who's uh, who's there with um, her daughter. and Yes, her daughter, who is also an actress. That's uh, three generations of of Ashbrook actors, I believe. If I'm wrong, I'm sure I'll be corrected. The Ashbrook clan. So, I know that, her, her, that she comes from a, a line of actors and continuing that grand, grand tradition. And she was spectacular. She came in, uh, was in New York and and stopped by the, the meetup, and that was great. We set the record for the longest DWNY meetup. It well, went it was a on joint meetup between the Gallifrey Embassy and DWNY, but we sort of crashed their existing... We, um, we crashed their party. Yes. Uh, but, but in we brought, style. We, we did it in style, yes. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, of course, um, I think their Dalek is Fred, right? Their, their Dalek's name is Fred, if I'm not mistaken. Fred was there, uh, as well as the white robot, Billy, our uh, reporter on the ground, the, Billy Davis. He, he wasn't, wasn't dressed in white robot garb. No, but we had a, <laughs> we had a ton of people come down, uh, some old faces, some new faces, a mix of both groups, and it was a great meetup, a lot of fun mm-hmm. at the Peculi- Peculiar Pub. It's always a good time when we're down there. So if you're ever in our area, if you're in the Manhattan area, if you're in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and you can make, up, make it up to one of the meetups – we tried to we we've in the last year or so Lewis and Billy and I have been regulars or semi-regulars to most of the meetups it's been a lot of fun Barnaby mm. runs a, a really nice group over there and and uh, and hats off to him for that and also they, happy birthday to him because uh it was yeah, his birthday the following day we were there celebrating our birthday the Gallifrey Embassy's birthday and the day after was um Barnaby's birthday so Daphne Ashbrook took the mic and sang a happy birthday to him and everyone else joined in so was it sort of Marilyn Monroe? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Tara was there as, as well with, with tons of uh, tons of her scarves. She brought the scarves, and she was in town. She Tara is in the middle of writing a book about Tom Baker's scarf, and mm. she was in town to view someone as someone who lives on Long Island of, of all places who won the Shada scarf at auction many years ago. And she tracked the gentleman down, and he was very generous in allowing her to come and visit it, and and color match and measure and do all kinds of things for for her book and 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 such. And so uh, she timed it out with her husband to come into town in order to join us at the party, yeah. and that was great. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Um, it was fantastic. And, and then we I, had uh, Joshua did... Lou Friedman, our West Coast correspondent, coming in from the west, obviously from the West Coast. <laughs> yes, who was also in town and spent some time with us and. And that was great to see him. It was uh, it was almost like a, like a little mini reunion of some folks from Gallifrey here on in our neck of the woods, which was kind of cool because we yeah. well, we had was... a chance to re- return the favor of driving people around and stuff. <laughs> That's always and for Josh, of... his uh, perspective of it, it was like he recognized so many people there from Gallifrey, but didn't you know he didn't really know you know from Gallifrey you know, but he knew their faces, so it gave him yeah. an opportunity to kind of. Uh, see another side of the people from Gallifrey in New York. Mm -hmm. Tara also told us uh, while she was in town that she's going to be attending San Diego Comic-Con. So um, as of right now, she is our woman on the street, so to speak, reporter going to San Diego Comic-Con. She's bringing the TARDIS with her. But of course. 
And as you you may already know, David Tennant, Russell T. Davies, John Barrowman, um, um, Julie, Julie Gardner will all be attending San Diego Comic-Con. And Colin Baker is the guest of Gene from Alien Entertainment and the Doctor Who store and, and will be attending like he did at New York Comic-Con. We'll be at the table and, and doing a signing there as well. So there'll be two doctors in the house, six and ten. And so it should be a blast. It is sold out, though, which is I, – I was under the impression that it was 30,000 people. I've heard it's over 100,000 people for the wow. sellout, which is ridiculous. That's bigger than a, than a football game, than a stadium-sized event, and that's just spectacular. And wow. Thumbs up. And uh, the minute that the news broke – that this was okay. This was a week ago, so we we didn't put this on Podchuck. The minute the news broke that David Tennant and Russell T Davies were going to be at Comic Con, our friends in the entertainment business, in particular in the movie business, and we we have a couple of them from the West Coast, all said the exact same thing at the exact same time. Movies on. They're like oh, they're yeah. coming to San Diego. They're coming to so. Hollywood. To what is no longer. Comic Con. It's not comic or con anymore. It's it's bigger than that. It's like a Hollywood trade show. It's a sci-fi trade show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pulling into town. I know the, the the prevailing thinking is they're coming to you know launch BBC America's uh, HD channel and Doctor Who and Torchwood going over there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it seems more plausible with every single I, week. I do. That's the that's the gut feeling. Well, yeah. My only reservation with that is, um, which we I think we spoke about and we touched upon this before, was that if Matt Smith is going to be the current Doctor and there's going to be a new movie out, and you know, as much as we love David Tennant, I think it's I don't know if it would be wise to have him in the you know, unless it's going to be a joint venture between two Doctors. I well, think well, he's going to be competing with Matt Smith on on television. When when Joshua Liu was here last week and and he's a uh, an AD you know in in movies and television. I was picking his brain about what he thought about that, and he was one of the people who said, "You know, movies on." Um, I said, "When do you think if if you think this is gonna if if this is really what they're gonna do, when do you think it is? Is it you know next summer, two years, three years?" And he said, uh, it, "You know, something like this would be like summer 2011, Christmas 2011." So that pushes it back a little bit. That gives Matt Smith two seasons to get under his belt. And, and the timetable, if you think about it, it does make a bit of sense. Last year, they announced Tron 2, right? They showed yeah. the trailer at Comic-Con. Here we are a year later. We're nowhere near the completion of that movie. It's slated most likely for next year. It's, you know, a two-year thing. Process. Mm. So let's say they announce it in July. We've got we've bought ourselves two years, which would be at the July of 2011 would be the end of Matt Smith's second season. He's He should, by that point, have really chiseled his way into being the doctor yeah i'm sure of it and i'm sure yeah, it's it con- makes even less sense for i mean it's just as if right now there's a new movie out coming to the screens right now as we speak and it stars christopher Eccleston as the doctor it just you know what i'm saying it, by that time clearly that would, be a cool movie. would be established that would be a great movie i'd go see that we we'll all go see it, but I mean, it just doesn't make sense as far and, as. And, the, and if Christopher Eccleston showed up on the movie screen today as the Doctor, would it take away from David Tennant? For, I mean, for possibly for the general public, yes. For Doctor Who fans, no. But for uh, people, will be saying that's not the Doctor. You know, you, 
you have to understand that a movie audience is going to be a broader appeal than just the television audience. So a lot of people aren't going to won't know who he is or won't won't understand you know regeneration and multiple doctors and all that. I'm I'm kind of mixed on that because if you if you think about Serenity or the X Files movies and stuff, I don't think that they broaden their audience by going to a movie screen. Oh, I, I definitely so. I I I think a lot of people that saw the X Men never saw, read the comic book. X Files. X Files. I'm okay. sorry. Did I say X Men? I don't sorry. know. <laughs> the X Files or or Serenity. I I as a matter of fact, I think the reason there isn't a Serenity two might be that it it, it had its audience. I don't know if an, if anybody came along and said, "Wow, I saw Serenity. I'm I'm a huge Firefly fan." All of a sudden, I, I don't know. I, I would I'd have to ask one of the brown coats <laughs> for their take on that. You know, <laughs> um, I'm just saying. I'm I'm speculating. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my well, mom and dad would what go we're to the movies. Right now is speculation. We have to confirm that there's there has been no confirmation as far as you know. We, we know that a script is in the works, but that's been. You know, scripts have been in the works for years, but, you know, we know that, um, you know, it's the case. So we just don't know any details. You know, we don't know if it's going to directly involve David Tennant where there's been some news and leaks about that, you know, relating to that. But that could be all speculation. So, um, I mean, officially, all we know is that a script is in the works in development. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that it seems more plausible with every passing week we hear more little snippets of information and it could be a giant red herring but time will tell i mean uh, i have faith in russell t davies um he's not going to do anything to jeopardize the show uh, there is that long through. there's that long long lost story about ulysses the explorer and doctor who as a child they haven't told that they didn't get a chance to tell in the mcgann movie now this is going to be shatter <laughs> okay. It's going to be another man. retelling of, you know, trying to retell Shatter again. <laughs> jeez, that would be the kiss of death. It would be. It was just like, jeez, this poor thing can't get off the ground. We'll just see. All right. Um, Let's move on to the next story. Indeed. Well, I think the last piece snippet of information that I have in terms of news um, is re- relating to Torchwood. And finally, the BBC press office have um, decided on a date to show or a series of dates to show Torchwood Children of Earth. Um, it's been revealed that they're going to be broadcasting it during the week of the 4th to the 10th of July. So um, we know that it was going to be a, a three or four episodes, I guess, spread over about a, a period of about a week. Um, so the exact time and day have days have yet to be uh, uh, scheduled, but it's going to be sometime within that week, week 27. Um, and there's a new trailer uh, been uh, uh, showcast on the net, which can of course be found by a good mate server at the Doctor Who Nudes page at uh, gallifrey1.com forward slash news. Um, it's really interesting, and I'm quite excited about this now because it's been kind of a long time coming, um, and I'm, this, I'm curious I'm sorry, to see James, what they're going to be doing. I, I, I just going back to the trailer. Is this the same trailer that was um, shown on on Australia TV? Is this the one? With, yes, um, that's right. Where yeah, it references it's... the Doctor. Yes, okay. indeed. Yeah, oh, so, we have well, it on our site too. It's it's, but I, I just want to, I just wanted to be clear that there was. I thought maybe there was another trailer that I wasn't familiar. No, no, with. no. It's it's one. It, sorry, it's one that's been released relatively recently. Anyway, because they've they've released sort of short 
snippets of trailers and things that we've broadcast on our site and things before, but nothing really as uh, as lengthy as this, I think. Um, which is why it's worth worth mentioning. It, yeah, because it also references the Doctor. We have um, yeah, um, uh, Gwen. <laughs> I forgot her name there for a second. Who's um, you know, without giving anything away, she's recording like a a message or a log entry, whatever, and yeah, in this trailer and references the Doctor in it. Indeed, it it looks interesting, and I'm excited about it. It's because before, you know, it's just been going on and on and on, and it's it was recorded ages ago, it wrapped ages ago, so my excitement for it hasn't really been there yet. But now that we finally had at least a series of dates, we don't know the times yet, but um, it it finally. Well, this makes is me interesting look- because originally the story was that the UK transmission of the Children on Earth series was going to be in unison to the bbc america one around the world yeah yeah so that it was going to be that same week and now this pushes it up you know as far as the uk goes um a a a couple weeks prior to the bbc america um date which is july 20th right i didn't realize that it was so so much later i thought that they still were going to be in in unison, but um, well, that's a shame if they're doing it like that. But but fair enough. Maybe it's just a scheduling issue. Maybe the BBC have you know they they usually have quite a busy schedule in the summer months. Um, so perhaps they've just this has been the only period where they can physically do it. Um, I don't know, but nevertheless, I, it's 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 worth mentioning. Ken, uh, sorry, I, I've mentioned this once before with with Doctor Who, and, and um, I have to say also with. Torchwood as well. I can't stand them showing this stuff in the summer. Uh, to me, Doctor Who has always been like a uh, you know a fall winter kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. You know the, the the finales have been winding up late June, early July. Now Torchwood's going to be in July. It's like I know we're geeks, but I I sometimes go outside in the fresh air. You know. <laughs> well, the thing, it's at night. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, I'm not busy at night. Well, I'm just I, I don't know. I just I, I I associate Doctor Who roughly around its anniversary. You know, yeah, late sure. November into Christmas into January, February. The the cold, lousy weather. It gets dark early. You look forward to hunkering down and watching TV. Well, and the Sarah Jane Adventures begin in September and you know work their way to uh, the end of the year. It's so we have that in the in the autumn months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. As well as the specials, so. But this Torchwood it's... is going to be a one-shot deal, as far as I mean, they they're doing it consecutively, one after another, that, that same week. So it's mm-hmm. not and like it... it's going to be spread out. They're doing five episodes, but it's not like being spread out oh, over five either. weeks. Okay. Yeah. So you're, what was... you're saying is, I'm I'm sinking a week into this. Well, you could, you know, so with, I'm not going anywhere. DVRs, I'm not going you, anywhere soon. You, you can record it, and, and you don't have to watch it right away. In fact, you can save this and watch this in the in the winter months if you like. Oh, sure, and then be spoiled. Did it? Did it? Did it? No, because it's just I don't I don't like it. <laughs> Whatever. I I just I like it better in the winter. Summertime, there's so much other stuff going on. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. That's, that's, it's that's a fair comment. Fair, fair comment. comment. Yeah, no, I, just, um, I you know, I, is it going to stop me? No, of course I'm going to come home. I mean, it, for flagship shows, and they consider these to be flagship shows. Used to be, you'd say, oh yeah, you got a summer filler show and that kind of stuff. Summer was like the the dumping ground for stuff. 
And yeah, so especially maybe here in I'm the still States. a little biased. I know, I know it's a it, it may you know, be different, different in the UK, but in traditionally in the I mean, summer was reruns, you know, so it was sort of just like trash. You know, t- you know, you kind of just excuse the TV for the summer months and go off and do other things because it's just reruns. I mean, now things have changed recently in recent years where they're launching, you know, mid-season but, replacement shows or whatever, and and they run in the summer. Yeah. Whatever. Just that's my. Maybe I'm. I'm. I, I grew up in a time where September was the start of the TV season and May was mm-hmm. the end of the you know all the finales and stuff, and June, July, and August was. Was a like I said, was a dumping ground. It was either repeats or there was the time when, yeah, we should try that show where we have the talking orangutan fly into space to play baseball. Mm. Fair enough. So that's the <laughs> yeah. That's the news, I think, gentlemen. Unless <laughs> either well, of you. Well, actually, have one other thing: there was a report being on on Torchwood in this little week gap that we had between Podshocks. Um, they announced that series four is a go for Torchwood. So, oh, okay, cool. Well, they, they they just said it was ready. I mean, <laughs> this happens all the time, and they, they of course they're going to be ready to go for series four. They even before it's commissioned, they they have to be ready to go. And this happens with Doctor Who as well. So, I I don't think it's been unless I'm wrong. I don't think there's been any confirmation that it's been commissioned, but they're ready to go. I think that's what was quoted. That Russell okay. T. Davies said that they're ready to go. So yes, of course they're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, they'll be ready to go. And and why would you get rid of it? Well, I it's mean, why huge. would you? You know, why? Why the show's doing well? What you know? Give me the reason. I mean, it's not like it's primeval. <laughs> well, I don't think that that's that's necessarily fair because primeval was hugely popular, at least here in the UK. I think that um, ITV has done it more for a. Um, uh, an economic point of view because you have a show which is popular it got like an average of six million viewers which doesn't sound like a lot but in the uk that is quite a lot but mm. i think that they did it because you know you have that and big brother i mean seriously where you can make <laughs> loads of money what are you going to go with the answer is always going to be big brother because you can make a profit from it whereas okay. um you know primeval you can't so i mean i i get what you're saying ken because i was never a, a huge fan of primeval it wasn't my cup of tea but I like it when rival networks have a stab at sci-fi. At sci-fi, it wasn't my cup of tea. I didn't really like it, but oh, we it was, need... it, I I like Invasion of the Dinosaurs as much as anybody else. It was a great Doctor Who story. <laughs> but yeah, okay, That's a fair fair game. But I just mean it's nice when when they try to do something a little bit different instead of all the other rubbish on TV at the moment, like you know reality tv shows and all the rest of it but but anyway yeah i get what you're saying i get well what you're one saying. piece of related news that we um we didn't mention that is directly tied to what we we're just talking about is that the space channel in canada will be showing torture children of earth and doctor who planet the dead they're doing similar to the BBC America. They're, on July 20th, they're starting with uh, Torchwood, Children on Earth, and that's going to be um, being shown over five consecutive nights. And then on the 25th of um, July, that's a Saturday at 9 p.m., they'll be premiering Doctor Who, Planet of the Dead. And so, once again, that's the Space Channel in Canada. If there's anything else, gentlemen, shall we get into features? Why don't we uh, take a break, and then we'll... Indeed. We'll come back. We'll 
This is Peter Davison and you're listening to the Doctor Who Podshock. Anything else for that matter? Do you want to catch up on a few cons with guests such as Colin Baker, Tom Baker, and you'll even hear a song or two from Fraser Hines and Sophie Aldred. So that's Tim's take on at tto.mypodcast.com If your name's or not. We're back with Dr. Hugh Pachak, and joining us here, we have our correspondent from the West Coast, Amy Krell, who has a guest with her, Charlie Ross, who's known in um, various circles on the convention circuit in the UK on Dr. Hugh conventions, but has done a lot more. We're going to get into that in a minute, but first, let's, uh, let's welcome them both. Hello, Amy and Charlie. Hi there, guys. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? So uh, right off the bat, Charlie, you're, you've done some presenting as, in addition to doing some acting in the Big Finish projects. Give us a little – bring us up to speed on, on some of the things that are going on that, that you know, you've done. Let's start with Big Finish. Tell us a little bit about your Big Finish experience. Well, um, the, 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 my whole Doctor Who experience – I'll go back even earlier than that. My, my whole Doctor Who experience came from uh, – I'm a stand-up comedian and, um, and actor. And uh, I was booked in to do a gig in London one night, and I didn't feel very well. I didn't feel like doing the gig. But went along, did it anyway, and Hattie Hayridge was on the, the same bill. And uh, Hattie, as some may know, played Holly the Robot in, mm-hmm. in um, Red Dwarf. And uh, she heard me do some Doctor Who material that I do and asked me if I'd like to, to um, be the, the MC at the Cabaret at Doctor Who convention in the north of England. Um, she'd been asked to find someone to do it. And I went and did that. And based on that, got asked back to other conventions, ended up interviewing the guests and got invited by Gary Russell, who was then uh, the main director for Big Finish. And uh, he cast me firstly in, in one with Paul McGann. Uh, called uh, Memory Lane, I think it's number 88, and then was mm-hmm. invited back to play um, a member of the Gallifreyan, uh, the, the Gallifreyan Guard in the third series of Gallifrey, which was the spin-off series from, from Doctor Who CDs, um, sort of focusing on, obviously, the, the Time Lords and, uh, and the world of Gallifrey. So that was all pretty exciting. It was pretty cool. Oh, were you a Doctor Who fan all your life? I mean, heading into this, was it... Uh, were you a Doctor Who fan? Absolutely. And you were doing it in your routine. You were talking about Doctor Who. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had been a fan my whole life, and uh, I was um, my earliest memory of Doctor Who is probably the Sea Devils with John Pertwee. My more sort of, you know, the then Tom Baker's first season. That was that was when I really, really sort of kicked in, and uh, I stuck with it right up until Delta and the Bannerman. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why we all <laughs> took an exit. <laughs> 
yeah. The next step was out the door, really, wasn't it? <laughs> and I say that with all due respect, Sylvester McCoy, who's now, who's now I know Sylvester, and he's a lovely man. Um, but uh, I thought, well, the tragedy is that, of course, that it started getting good when when they cancelled it. You know, Sylvester yeah. started yeah. to get in his stride, and the writing started yeah. to get a bit better, and mm -hmm. and then they went and finished it. So you see, I'm I'm now earning my Doctor Who credentials here by by this you know expanding knowledge that I'm showing you here. <laughs> No, mate, you don't need to, because, I so, mean, your, your stuff on YouTube is pretty famous. There's loads of stuff online with your uh, uh, comedy routines and stuff, particularly, I think, from um, Dimensions when you were on the, the circuit then back in 2008. I think you did a, a great sort of cabaret, because uh, I seem to remember there being loads of screens and stuff that you made loads of references to Doctor Who and narrating the Cybermen yep. and stuff like that. Really, really cool. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I want to do a lot more of that kind of stuff. And it, obviously, there's technological sort of things. It's basically trawling through um, the Doctor Who back catalogue, trying to find sort of potential comedy elements. And there's a lot there. I mean, the classic Earthshock, the, the scene from Earthshock with two Cybermen standing guard outside a room, basically looking as if they're, they're chatting about, you know, what they did in the bar last night. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's quite ridiculous. Um, and that kind of stuff lends itself to comedy. And Do Doctor Who, you know, has always had an element of comedy, but it also has an element of the ridiculous, which I think we love as well. And it, therefore, it's easy to get comedy out of it. But yeah, very nice comments. I mean, I, over the, the, the last few years doing conventions, I've been able to build up more and more of Doctor Who routine. And um, mm -hmm. uh, I kind of do it slightly differently to Toby Haydock, who does a brilliant show uh, mm -hmm. called Moth Saint My Doctor Who Scarf. And um, Toby talks with great reverence about and, and pa does a parallel sort of analysis of his life growing up as a Doctor Who fan. I just kind of look at the show and try to have sort of um, a little bit of a jibe at it. I mean, for example, one of the things that I, I, I talk about is um, uh, if, you, if you really want to tick off uh, Doctor Who fans, so I get them around a table and ask them who their, who their favourite Doctor is. And some will say Tom Baker, and some will say John Pertwee, and some will say Patrick Trown. If you really want to tick them off, when it comes to you, say Peter Cushing. <laughs> <laughs> Tables thrown over, outside. Yeah, that's it. Oh, they freak out, man. They go crazy. Uh, it starts with, with drop jaws first. <laughs> and then after an intake of air, there's this... You know, boom! As like you know, opinion, serious. And then yes. for really diehard fans, you could say Trevor Martin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, exactly. And with James Bond fans, you could say David Niven. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it works across the board. It's interchangeable. It's all good comedy. <laughs> so, uh, in your in your presenting role, give us some uh, give us some some taste of. I, I've never been to a, a convention in the UK yet, so I, I'm imagining that it's a little bit different than we do here in the states. And James has had the the pleasure of being at both. Have you have you been to any American conventions? And is there a way of actually comparing the two? I haven't. No, I'd love to do an American convention. I was going to. I was trying to sort of come to Gallifrey this year and. Uh, um, work commitments just meant I couldn't make it over. Um, and um, I'd love to do an American convention. I, I mean, I hear, I don't think there are many differences. I think in the past, perhaps the American conventions were a bit more analytical in terms that they, they had screenings of episodes and uh, apparently they'd discuss it in, in depth. The British conventions, there, there's really a lot of alcohol involved. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, well, there was know, a there, there's much more. 
<laughs> what was that, right? Okay, well, maybe maybe the Americans are coming up to speed with that. You see yes, what apparently you, we are. To civilization. <laughs> well, we've been influenced. <laughs> so, Good. Good. Speaking Influence of drunkenness, better, we've, sure. yeah. we've been asked to um, ask you about this song that you sing. <laughs> Well, as, as a little treat um, for the 45th anniversary at last year's uh, Dimensions, I, I rewrote the words to science fiction double feature from the Rocky uh-huh. Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, wow. I've actually I've managed to squeeze every act doctor's name, apart from Peter Cushing, I will add. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've managed to squeeze every doctor's name into the, into the lyrics that I've rewritten. So, but, but actually, we were kind of chatting last night, and there, there may, and this could be an exclusive, there may be an opportunity to record it and maybe stick it online somewhere. But we have to be very careful, because apparently Richard O'Brien is extremely protective of Rocky Horror stuff. Uh, okay. uh, imagine yeah. But I'd, I'd like to do it because it went down very well and it was, it's, a, it's a fun song to sing and uh, I thoroughly... Yeah, I'd love um, to hear it. I, 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 I used to be a singer. I used to sing in a band years ago. So I wanted to bring more music into what I did. And at uh, Regenerations in Swansea a few years ago, um, I opened up and it was so good of him to do this. I, I, I asked Colin Baker at the start and it was just after the finale to um, to season three with, with Martha and the master. And... Um, I asked Colin if um, we could start the show off by me sort of coming out as in some kind of threatening, imposing voice and then grabbing him by the tie and dragging him up on the stage while I sing um, I uh, Can't Decide by the Scissor Sisters, more sort of parodying what the master did with the Doctor in, in uh, The Last of the Time Lords. And Colin was fantastic. He, he, he played it perfectly. Um, I dragged him up on stage and he was kind of being my slave. He was putting on my jacket and hanging it and taking it off and hanging it up. And behind my back, he was making faces and, and playing the part. And it was a brilliant show opener. It really was. And he was an absolute superstar. I, I love Colin. He's an absolute, mm-hmm. he's a wonderful guy. Yeah. He's very, very cool, I have to say. And very, very funny, I think. Yeah. yeah. And he made the show, and he, his comic timing's perfect, and he really made the show, and he got the show off to a great start. So that was good fun. Although it was quite unnerving, because I had um, Nick Briggs, Barnaby Edwards, and Nicholas Pegg sitting right in front of me in the front row. I'm doing 50 minutes of stand-up comedy in front of the Daleks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's a scary experience. <laughs> I can imagine, gosh. Yeah, I wish we were, we were there to hear it and see it. Because I can't, I have this 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 party trick that I have, and I don't know if you guys want to hear it. That I and I, I want to emphasize right now, I have no ring modulators here or anything. I have nothing to support <laughs> here. I can do a pretty good Dalek. Oh, please okay. Do. do you want to hear a Dalek? Yeah. Yeah, please. Okay, here goes. Amy, can you confirm that I'm not using any technology here? <laughs> There's absolutely no technology in this room. Okay, nothing right. Here we go, guys. You ready for this? Sure. We're ready. Exterminate! You are the doctor. You are an enemy of the Daleks. Wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's very, very convincing, I have to say. And yeah, probably Nick a little rough on the larynx. <laughs> you better watch out for his job. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I didn't do the Daleks first. I realized it was, it was kind of copying out the kits that I learned I could do that. <laughs> That, that so, noise, you so that was what that came So what brings you, now you're, you're in the United States for, for a week or two weeks, and what brings you to the States? Is it um, business? Is it pleasure? Is it both? 
It's a bit of both, and I. This is where the wonderful world of Doctor Who. You know, the, as I said, it's it's kind of as I said the serendipity of of the sliding doors effect of turning left and turning there. Turn left. That's the best example, of course. Turn left. Um, <laughs> of going to that one gig in London has led to so many things. And um, over a couple of dimensions, I got to know Amy rather well. And uh, in fact, Amy got really caught short one year at Dimensions because um, Dimensions are on many conventions. You you pay a substantial amount of money to get what they call, what they call the celebrity dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, Amy had paid a lot of money and uh, I just <laughs> pulled a few strings um, to get Paul, the, the table that Paul McGann was at. Um, and sadly, Paul McGann didn't turn up for the dinner, and the replacement they got was me. <laughs> I just sort of pretended. I, I decided to pretend that Charlie was Paul McGann. No. God love her, and she was so polite. And she, what she did was actually pretend that I was a genuine celebrity when I clearly was not. And uh, you know, I, I was like, I wanted to ask for my money back. I was so disappointed, you know. Um, <laughs> And so, so I, we got to know Amy rather well over the next couple of years, and um, I had started work at this point and, and eventually finished a film script, um, a romantic comedy based in set in Glasgow, uh, in Scotland. And I um, and I, I didn't do that pathetic thing when a film producer is in the room because Amy's a film producer, and, and she said, you know, oh, will you read my script? I, I I was cool. I was cool. I waited a whole I waited a whole five minutes before I asked her to read it. Um, <laughs> at and, least. Uh, and, and God love her, she took it, and uh, well, I think she likes it because her company, Page Four Productions, have bought the option on the script, and and I'm over here taking meetings and trying to sort of get the, you know, get my face around here and do a bit of networking and and try and get the money raised to to make it. Fantastic. Well, February is Gallifrey, and it'll be Gallifrey 21. You missed it on Gallifrey 20, so uh, yeah, is there yeah. a chance that you're joining us at number 21 and and getting a taste of? Americans pretending to do a British convention. I mean, it's a great convention. I'm not kidding. We, we, we're, we're, we're finally learning that drinking is a very important part of the well, Doctor Who experience. I tell you, I'd love to come over and do my show because uh, I'd love to see how it would go down with the American audience. I'd love to. I'd, I'll sing the, the Rocky Horror song and I'll, um, I'll do all, all the bit. I'll do the, the film clips. I'll get some more clips sorted. And, yeah, I'd love to do that. So um, if whoever's organizing it is listening... <laughs> Sean, um, then perhaps, uh, you know, if, if the illustrious Mr. Lyon, who I understand is a wonderful human being and a fantastic person. Mm-hmm. Am I laying it on too thick here, guys? <laughs> no, not by any means. We're all agreeing. <laughs> <laughs> then you never know, an invitation may be winging its way. I don't know, I mean, how did Toby, did to- I hear Toby's show went down phenomenally well this year. We had him on yes. our show. We had, uh, you're talking about yeah. Toby Haddock? Yes, yes, Toby yeah. Haddock, yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, we we did a uh, a live show as as we now always do at Gallifrey, and uh, he was one of the guests. And he the show was the night before. It was um, brought down the house. Yeah, it was packed Excellent. to the gills. Excellent. Mm. Um, well, that's I mean that's good to hear because obviously Toby's humour is very British. And um, but the thing is, of course, Doctor Who fans are going to get uh, the the British sense of humour because they're they're in love with a British show, you know, and, yeah. the, yes. and the British yeah. sense of humour is there already, you know. Yeah, g- generally you don't follow a British show unless you get it. You know, you just exactly, <laughs> exactly. Who's, no. who's tuning in for the you know reality shows or whatever on VH1? Uh, they're not really. I don't really know if they're ready for British humor. But people who are geeky enough to go and watch a show that started here on UHF will pretty much get British humor. 
Yeah, mm. exactly. It's, so, it's funny, actually. I was in, The last time I was in L.A. was 20 years ago. I've been in America a lot of times since, but I've not been to L.A. since I was a student 20 years ago. I came over to do the, the, the British sort of counselling in some in summer camps that students do. Um, mm-hmm. British students come over and do that. And um, I remember uh, sitting, uh, the one chance I got in this little camp that was somewhere between Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, and I was flicking through the TV and I came across public service broadcasting and uh, I stumbled across, um, I think it was The Visitation. Wow. <laughs> uh, yes, with Anthony Calf, yeah. And it was, it really was, I mean, because I don't really feel that far away now because the internet is such a global phenomenon that mm. I was chatting on MSN Messenger this morning to people in, in Glasgow and to people in London and emailing and, and I can see the British news on the internet. But way back then, I, I felt as if I was, you really did feel you were the other side of the world. Just seeing Doctor Who, that, that one little moment made me feel so warm and fuzzy. It was great. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now, what we're doing with this show, you're 3,000 miles away from us and on the West Coast there in California, and we're here in New York, and James is in... Uh, James, are you in York now? Yeah, I'm in Old York, yeah. Yep, in So 6,000 miles Old away. Old York. So, uh, uh, I've never been to York. That's bizarre, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful place. It's a stunning town, apparently, but I've never been to York. Yeah, well, Amy will tell you, she, she came to visit... Uh, Fairly recently, only a few months ago. So, uh, Disney. York. Yeah. Sorry. Disney York. Disney York. Yeah, as Amy likes to refer to it, because she <laughs> says that it's almost like a theme park, or what she imagines uh, a, a theme park to be uh, a British theme park. So. Yeah. yeah. If, they, if they made a theme park of England, that's it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I thought James was just dressed up as Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, we are hoping to see you. If you, if we'll keep our fingers crossed. If there's a possibility that you will be at Gallifrey 21, we'll look forward to to meeting in person and break a leg with the script. We will thank you so much. Keep our eyes open for that. And I want to thank you for for joining us, and thanks also to Amy for for uh, helping you join us today and mm, get absolutely. some of the stories out. And and hopefully this is the first of uh, of of another of many appearances. So you're welcome if you're at Gallifrey to. Swing around. We'll we'll make sure we get together. We'll have a pint or thirty, and yes. uh, and take it from there. Well, we should uh, we should maybe I'll I'll come and see you sometime in uh, James in New York, and we can get a pint. That'd be cool. Awesome, mate. I'll I'll be buying. Don't worry. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> That's what a Scotsman always likes to hear. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was going to say it. I'm glad you. <laughs> and, and as I say that, every Scotsman around the world who's listening to this is throwing something at their computer right now, saying, "Don't say that." <laughs> <laughs> no, just because I know that you'll be able to drink me under the table, so uh, that, that's well, the reason remember, why. I'm in America. I'm in America. They don't drink the way we do normally, so I, I, I'll probably be uh, I'll probably be a, a southern softy by the time I get back. <laughs> I'll, I'll toughen you up again. Don't worry. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> well, Charlie Ross, we want to thank you for joining us today on Doctor Who Podshock, and we will uh, enjoy the Can rest of your stay. Can I say that? Can I have sure. a quick plug just say if anyone wants to check out my website, it's, um, it's charlieross.co.uk. Um, and very soon I'm going to have a link on there to the Big Finish sort of site where my CDs are. So you'll be able to, if you want to buy them, then you'll be able to get them through my website. So that's charlieross.co.uk if you don't mind me indulging. Oh, no, please no. do. I'm glad please you, do. I'm glad you did it. Um, You're also on Facebook. Fantastic. I'm also on Facebook, yes. Facebook the ass off me. Just come at me. It's not a problem. I'll, I will accept you. <laughs> so just S- like us, on my you know. Facebook. 
All right, and we'll be right back on Doctor Who Podshock. Is this register open? The register light is on, isn't it? Did you find everything you needed? Yeah, I think so. What you got here? Let's see. One veggie wrap, $3.69. One latte, $3.95. One slice of marble cake, $1.75. One Doctor Who monthly magazine, $8.99. Doctor Who 10th Doctor figure with adipose, $19.95. Uh, I take it you're a Doctor Who fan. Yes, uh, how did you guess? Uh huh. And what's this, uh, Doctor Who Podshock? It's a podcast. A podcast? There's no price on it. I need a price check. Frank, I need a price check. Please come to the register. I need a price check. Yeah. How much is this podcast? I don't know. I don't see it listed here. Well, I gotta know what to charge him for it. Hmm. Well, what do you think it's worth? What do you think this podcast is worth? This podcast is made possible in part by support from listeners like you. As we approach our fourth anniversary, we'd like to thank everyone for their ongoing support for this podcast. If you too would like to donate, please visit our website at gallifreyembassy.org or podshock.net and click the donate link. We appreciate your support and thank you. And we're back on Doctor Who Podshock, and the professors at here at Podshock have a homework assignment for Podshock listeners. We have we we've been promising we're going to review Power of the Daleks, and today is such a jam-packed show. We are going to get to it on the next episode on one fifty-five. But we have a suggestion for you. Our friends over at Audible.com, who are our sponsors for Doctor Who Podshock. They have a, um, a great opportunity for you to check out Power of the Daleks. If you haven't subscribed to Audible yet, go ahead, Lewis. You yeah, well, I was just going to say, you can make this your free Audible book download. If you um, haven't already signed up for a free trial, the audible.com has an offer where you get a, a free audio book download when you sign up for a free trial. And you can make this Doctor Who Power of the Daleks your free selection or if you're already a member you can make this your selection as well as well now power of the daleks as you know is um we've been reviewing the regeneration stories revolving around the doctor last time we did the 10th planet which by the way i i have seen <laughs> at the time when we did that review i hadn't seen the 10th planet since like the early 90s so i was really really rusty as far as giving you know, a proper can, review of it but you can hence, find that on audible as well Yes, and henceforth, um, you know, well, now I have seen it henceforth. again. Henceforth. Henceforth. Well, I have now seen it again, so it's a little, I, and I want to just kind of revise my rating. I gave it a four TARDIS groan. I said pending after seeing it again, whatever. So I'm going to give it four and a half TARDIS groans. And by the way, episode three, William Hartnell is like completely out of it. He's literally, when I don't, I don't mean he's just, you know, 
under the weather. I mean, he's not in the episode at all. Not the ale. Yeah, he's um, basically was probably ill at the time of shooting, whatever, and they had to get a stand-in to. He, all of a sudden, he just drops out. He's he becomes ill, faints to the floor. They drag him off to another room. You don't see his face because obviously it's another actor. And throughout that whole episode, you know, um, he's he's not there. So um, the Doctor who wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, there was really no. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll hold off on any further discussion on that until we review Power of the Daleks, and that will be a good lead into the review when we do it. Um, and, and I came prepared. I listened to Power of the Daleks. I twice. listened to it too. Okay, we can do fair. it, but it will be a five-hour <laughs> potshock. <laughs> It'll be a two-hour time lord. <laughs> It'll be a five-hour time lord. Uh, yeah. Well, it. it I mean. I was just psyched up to talk about it. I was so well, we ready still can. for it. We can, we can do feedback next well, week. Well, listen, we're talking about Audible first. So here's the thing. You have a chance. You can go. You can pick it up. You can download it and use that one as your free one. Or if you're already subscribing, make that your selection of the month and check out Power of the Daleks. It's a, it's a great six-part adventure, so you get a nice two-and-a-half-hour story. It translates very well. The, the copies are clean. It's a yes, great it's classic been, episode. Something it's been to have remastered uh, by our good friend Mark, Mark Ayers and, and company. Yep. And it features uh, Annika Wills. I, do, I think yes. she does the bridging narration for this. She, she does. does. Yeah. She does. Why don't we hear a little snippet of it right now? But it's impossible. So long ago, we'd have been saying that about a lot of things. Uh... The man on the floor opens his eyes. As he struggles to sit up, a searing pain nearly cripples him. Clutching his head, he stares wildly at Ben and Polly, his vision blurred. The man turns his attention to the TARDIS console, focusing on the controls. At last, his vision clears. The pain seemingly passed, the man removes his hands from his face and looks around him, his features brightening in relief. It's over. It's over. The man scrambles to his feet, wobbling unsteadily. Ben and Polly watch, but make no attempt to help as he circles the TARDIS console, as if reacquainting himself with the controls. His clothes hang off his slight frame, much too big, and he struggles to unfasten the head. All right, well, Mm. that's probably not maybe the the most exciting clip from from the story. Well, you just... You just heard some of the first moments of Patrick Troughton as the Doctor. It's interesting when you, when you listen to this that at no point do they call it a regeneration. No, that term hasn't been established yet. No, I, I, the closest thing was they he said it's a renewal. That was the closest that you had to to using using the term regeneration. But we'll get into that further when we actually review Power of the Daleks. But it's a it's a fantastic story. Yes, and this is just one of 50,000 titles to choose from from Audible. So we do advise you to um, if to check out audible.com. If you go to www.audiblepodcast.com slash podshock, you can get your free Audible book 
uh, download today, and you can make well, this one of them, and then you'll be prepared. You know, right now this is one of the lost stories, so it's not available on video. It's the only way to really um, experience, other than reading a you know a novelization of it. This story John Peel's is... no novelization of it. What was that? John Peel novelized it for mm -hmm. Target. Speaking of Target, and yes, bring it all around, baby, bring it all around. And <laughs> uh, speaking of that, I have been an audiobook fiend in the last week. I've listened to Tom Baker read Creature from the Pit from the BBC book collect audiobook collection. Uh, that, that's kind of recent. And uh, he also read Brain of Morbius. I listened to Creature from the Pit twice, and I listened to Brain of Morbius. I, I loved Creature from the Pit. I thought it was just really well done. The, Tom Baker's read is incredible. Um, he really just put his heart and soul into it. And the, they put sound effects and some things like that. And he even does canine's voice in the story. It was just fantastic. So... <laughs> well, and it gives you something to listen to when in between Doctor Who Podshocks and our other podcasts. So you can put in that audible audio book and give a listen to it. You can listen to it, you know, just like you listen to this podcast, you know, be it on your iPod or MP3 player or computer, whatever. You know, it's really but helpful because it, it downloads as an audio book on the iPod, like the like podcast. When you stop it, when you go back to it, it's exactly where you left it. Yeah, it bookmarks it. It bookmarks it. And that's very helpful. So once again, you uh, you can get a free Audible book download, and you can make this or any selection. It doesn't have to be this. We're recommending this because we're reviewing it next time. So uh, the URL once again, and we'll have it. It's on our website too. So if you're listening to it and you can't write it down or whatever, if you go to podshock.net or gallifreyandembassy.org, it's a link. There's a link for the Audible. There's a little display banner there that you can click on. It will go to um, www audiblepodcast.com slash podshock and you can get a free audible book download one of the nice things too is that it helps podshock it helps us offset the costs of bandwidth and things like that this sponsorship is uh is something you show you show audible that you're a podshock listener and, and, and it helps yes you can maintaining the us by supporting our sponsors yes and that helps keep the gallifrey embassy tower um, yeah. alive and well, the, the 70 it, story. It's becoming a very expensive tower lately. <laughs> so, so, all so, right. So let's, um, so that's what we had to say there about audible, our friends at audible. And now it's time for feedback. Feedback. Yes, we do. We have gotten a lot of feedback since our last show and we're going to try to, um, fit as much as we can to it, but if we don't get to your feedback in this episode. Fear not. We'll, we'll get to it next time. And, um, you know, but keep them coming. You can send us feedback by um, obviously emailing us to feedback at net. And in addition to that, we you can also send us um, via Skype and the Gizmo Project. But we also have a uh, Podshock public call box. And that phone number is 206-600-6517. It's a U.S. number, area code 206, so just be aware of that. And it works just like voicemail. Call it and leave a message, and we, um, you know, we can use that for the podcast. And um, just recently, Apple introduced um, 3.0 of its um, iPhone software, which makes it even easier if you're an iPhone user to send us a, a voice um, feedback using their voice memos. You can just um, 
record something on your iPhone and then just email it to us directly from your iPhone. And the address, once again, is feedback at podshock.net. So, which shall we do first? Should we do a, um, a piece of audio feedback or should we do a, a letter? We can do an email if you uh, so wish. Here's one from Will. He says, Dear Podshock, hello, I live in the Iowa area and I recently discovered Doctor Who on Iowa Public Television, which was talked about in 153 back in February. I heard about it uh, before then from various sources, like ads on the Sci-Fi or Siffy channel, but I failed to watch it. Then during a long journey, I turned on IPTV and I watched part of the new series, Series 3, Episode 3, Gridlock, out of curiosity. Truthfully, I found it strange, and I didn't return to Doctor Who for a few weeks until I decided to give it another chance. It was a pledge night and a Saturday at IPTV, and they showed the special The Runaway Bride. During the special, they interrupted it to ask for pledges and said that they were going to stop airing the classic series of Doctor Who due to the fact that they said it would cost too much to air, but still air the new series along with Doctor Who Confidential. I wanted to say this to clarify to Ken, saying in episode 153 that IPTV still runs the classic series of Doctor Who, which sadly they do not anymore. Anyway, back to the story of my discovery of Doctor Who. After I watched The Runaway Bride, I grew into Doctor Who and recorded episodes of Series 3. They currently air at 11.05pm Central Time on Saturdays. And Series 4 currently airs at 4am Central Time on Fridays and on the Sci-Fi Channel. I also brought a small list of Doctor Who stories on DVD along with renting Doctor Who stories from Blockbuster Online. Thanks ever so much for the podcast. Keep up the good work, Will. It's always great to hear how somebody gets into Doctor Who, be it you know uh, uh, through public television, through the Sci-Fi Channel, through other means. Um, it's really great hearing your stories of how you got into the show and what you love about the show, because it kind of reaffirms to us and, and everybody out there why we're Doctor Who fans and, and why we get together every week and record this podcast. So if you have an interesting story that you'd like to share with everybody out there about how you got into the show, as Lewis said, just drop us an email, feedback at podshock.net. And I stand corrected on the Iowa public television. Um, and, and, that's, and it's a bit sad to hear that, that they're not going to be able to carry the classic series. And, and how strange or, or how, how illogical is the, the term, it's too, it's too expensive for them to afford the classic series. Mm, how serious. is it that a series that's been in the can, so to speak, for 20, 30, 40 years now is more expensive than the current show? It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I you know, I, I, I'm sure there's some kind of marketing thing behind it, or maybe they're pushing the DVDs. Maybe BBC America wants to start airing it and have an exclusive. Who knows? It just, it's just a, it's just does not. It doesn't seem to make sense. Like, oh yeah, well, oh you want to show it? Oh, we're charging you more for that. <laughs> You'd have thought it, that they, it would have been the other way around. It would have been cheaper than the classic series to show, yeah. uh, than the than the new series to show. I should say. Um, just because, as you say, it's been in the can for years, and uh, if anything, I'd have thought that they would the Beeb would have offered it as a reduced cost because, if anything, it would get people interested in the new series um, and encourage people to, you know, get their um, their local PBS station to to buy the new series from the BBC. I don't know. It's weird. Well, one of those odd things in television. 
on a related I, I, note, we um, when we did speak about that last time, we also spoke about the the organization unit in Iowa, who um, we announced on our show. We had gotten a bit of feedback from uh, this is through Twitter through um, from um, Brigadier Bill, who said, um, "I understand you mentioned unit Iowa." On your show, uh, we had five new members join since then, so thank you so much for the boost um, and signs at Bill. So uh, we're more than happy to oblige. We're glad that you know we're getting it, you know, getting the word out there and getting more members to connect and join up. So, yes, 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 all good things. Yeah, that sounds like a Star Trek episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on. We have a lot of feedback. We so got some not, audio feedback as well. Around. So let's uh, get to that. We got some feedback to our public Pachak uh, public call box, and this um, is um, actually from a local listener for local to both Ken and I, who joined us at the pub, the Peculiar Pub, on uh, last week when we did our anniversary meetup with DD, with DWNY Doctor Who New York and. Uh, I believe this is Andre. Hello, it's Andre on Long Island. I am actually just getting out of the subway, leaving the hole in the ground to walk over to the DWNY meet at the Peculiar Pub. Uh, this is in reference to Podshock 153, where you should call or write your cable company. I did one better. I switched from Cablevision to Verizon, which does have Fios, and excuse me, the Fios that does have the Beeb America. And when asked why, I gave them explicit reasons that that was the reason why not to call me back to ask me to change back until after the BBC America was part of Cablevision. And as to the reviews and whatnot, like I said, I'm on Long Island, and if you guys have any Doctor Who books lying around, I'll be sure glad to come and pick them up and review them for you. Anyway, see you in about 10, 15 minutes when I walk down there, and uh, next pint's on me, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, and uh, oh. he had a, a brief message after the event as well, so let's just hear that. Hey, Ken. Hey, Lou, uh, specifically. It's Andre the fat jolly guy with the very large beer glass and the mustache. Arriving and passing through Jamaica Station on the, oh, well, I can't call it long ride back to Maniola. I just wanted to say hi and nice talking with you fellas and, you know, you guys really helped to make it a great night. Thank you. Oh, obviously, I'm calling on the way back from uh, DWNY at the Peculiar Pub Monday night. All right. Later, bros. Thanks a lot again. <laughs> it's great. You can hear the LI um, double R, the Long Island Railroad uh, announcements in the background there. And you can hear the pint, too, if you're really careful. Indeed, indeed. But, <laughs> but all better for it. All the uh, better. I love it. I have, a, I have a huge smile on my face. We, we had such a blast, and, and I know he did as well. So, cool. All right. Well, uh, shall I continue on? Please. Please do. Okay. Hello, Ken, Lewis, and James. This is Leela, and I first off want to say how much I love Podshock. You guys are fantastic, and you're the only reason I made it through finals week last month. Anyway, the reason I'm calling is because I emailed Lewis a few weeks ago asking if there are any fan groups in Utah. I haven't heard about any or heard anything, so I figure there's not, or they just don't listen to Podshock, which they should. 
Um, so I thought I'd call and let you guys know that I'm willing to help start one if I can get a few people involved in it. So if anyone is living in the Utah area, particularly in Utah County, and would like to help start a fan group with me, um, could you please email me at Zeta Sigma, that is Z-E-T-A-S-I-G-M-A dot Gallifrey at gmail.com. Thanks for all your help. Have a great day. Bye. Now, out of coincidence, this feedback came to us. She had um, sent this to our public call box the same day that we, uh, I think, we recorded or just finished re um, recording our last episode where we did have a feedback from someone in Utah, um, you know, talking about their organization. So uh, if you go back to our previous episode, you'll get to hear that. But that's great that she's starting. Uh, Utah is a big state. You know, you can have more than one club. So yeah, uh, that's fantastic. Or they'll they'll get together if they're able to and and uh, yeah, depending on on distance and you know sure absolutely mm. make it and so number one indeed and hopefully uh, Lila can make it to uh, to Galley in in February I know that she's been umming and ahhing about whether or not she could she could make it but certainly I'm sure that there'll be somebody there probably from Iowa as well who uh, Maybe if she hasn't gotten around to creating a group there uh, by then, then uh, maybe she can get it together with someone there and uh, write a constitution or whatever and uh, get a group together. Mm. Lewis is very anti-writing a constitution. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I am with the California Embassy. We, we avoided that whole... Um... Shebang. Yeah. <laughs> rules of order, rules of order. Indeed. Okay. Indeed. Okay. Speaking so, of that, let's order our way into another uh, feedback, please. We have a lot. I'm just pushing us along here because let's, let's uh, move along, move along. And here's <laughs> another one from the from the public call. I can't get this out of my mouth today for some reason. The Pachak public call box. Hi, this is Jasmine from Arizona. I've been listening to podcast for a while now. I was just wondering, do you know if that Doctor Who movie, Thorns Ace Doctor, is on DVD? I've been going through as many as I can find the old doctors, and that's just why I'm not able to find. Thanks. As far as I'm aware, and I'm sure that you guys will correct me if I'm wrong with this, but I I believe that Doctor Who the movie hasn't been released on DVD in the states yet. Not yet. Right. Yep. But you can you can buy. There is a Region Two version mm -hmm. which is available. Which so if you have, if you just want to watch it on your computer, or you have a Region Free DVD player, then you can pick it up if you go to Amazon.co.uk. And I'm sure that there are some copies floating around on eBay in the US. Um, but yeah, for some reason they just haven't released it in the US yet. I don't quite know why, but yeah. perhaps it's rights, something to do with the rights. If uh, Fox aren't uh, releasing the rights in the US, I don't know. Yeah, and could... I'm sorry. Sci-Fi Channel is, uh, has shown it in the past, but once they picked up the modern series, the current series, uh, they stopped showing the 96 movie. But I believe that it was Encore. That was showing it. Encore or Stars or um, was showing one it of the, one time. One of the, but, but they haven't. Not recently. Not in. The, oh, you haven't seen it. Okay, because I, 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 I haven't picked few, up. One. Yeah, it's maybe like back in two thousand and five or something like that was the last time they showed it. But, uh, but getting back to what James said, if you get the Region Two DVD in the states, again, you can purchase it um, and have it, um, you know, from Amazon or wherever, and have it shipped here. You can even if you don't have a region-free player, you can do it on your computer using the VLC software. Will play 
um, you know, it doesn't it disregards that region coding nonsense, and you can play yeah, it that way. Yeah, just play it. You can download and it at videoland.org. Sorry, Ken. And we still have um, we still have a link for VLC on the website, don't we? Yeah, on our previous website, we have our web resources, and we have a link to that. Um, you can get it from there. It's free. It's multi-platform. So if you're Mac, Windows, Linux, um, you can uh, use it. Also, there may be another release of the DVD. We, um, to our understanding, they they did a recent recording, uh, re-recording of, of for a commentary for that movie. So yes, we don't have a release date. We don't have anything, but and no details your, on region. Your eyes yeah. open for it now. In the U.S., as um, as James had mentioned, it could be a rights issue. It was a joint venture between the BBC, um, Universal, and Fox. So it um, complicates A lot of things. hands in that pie. Yeah. All right. Well, before we go into any other, do we have, um, you want to do a, um, any emails before I go into yeah, another? Yeah, sure. Because we, we just have a, a sheer amount. And do you guys want to cover the rest later? And I'll just read one final email. We Is that can cool? Do that. Or do you we, want we, to... I just had promised one from last week, which. Um, oh, okay. Fair enough. Well, I'll read, I'll do uh, one more email. You do one more. Sure. Uh, audio so uh, this is from a chap called benjamin and he says uh, uh well he doesn't give a, a subject to the to the uh, email but he says some of the reasons that i feel why doctor who is so popular i was watching the war machines the other day and it got me thinking about the regeneration and how sad it is when one doctor regenerates to become another and it struck me that, th that it has parallels with buddhism and when they look for a, uh, the new Buddha child, who is meant to be the Buddha born again into another person. I was also thinking about the popularity of Doctor Who nowadays, and how this is maybe due to it not being on TV for 16 years, uh, because people are now seeing it as a brand new program. But it's obviously based on nearly 40 years of change, history and structure. If you ask someone to make a fresh science fiction program that would have as many ideas and things to form uh, as Doctor Who from scratch, it would probably be impossible. Uh, just look at Primeval being cancelled after three seasons, and most things don't even make it up to five these days. Another reason it has lasted and will continue to last is that there is no restrictions on any story that you can tell. Uh, the, uh, the stories will only run out when your ideas run out. There's no other television program that's been able to reinvent itself, not only when the main actor leaves, but every single week. You could stop uh, Doctor Who for another 20 years, bring it back, and it would still ha uh, be a continuation of the old show. And that is all you can do. There is no way that they could have started the show afresh and pretend that it had nothing to do with the original series. Unlike, for example, something like Star Trek, where if you restart it, it has to be a different set of people that are not linked to the show. You have no choice to do anything else. Which brings me back to the War Machines. Um, as I was watching it in 2009, I imagine the Doctor was just humoring them all, as after everything he has seen, there are their computers are just as primitive to him because he exists in the same time as David Tennant, not before and not after. Well, I don't quite get what you mean by the, by the last point, but everything else is uh, absolutely spot on, I think, Benjamin. Um, I think Doctor Who, I think everybody here who's listening to the show will agree that Doctor Who is the best 
format for a science fiction show. Probably the best format for a show ever, certainly an adventure show. And um, that's why we love it so much, is that it, it constantly changes and yet still stays the same, keeps the same soul. So... Um, Here's, here's, to, uh, here's to the future and here's to uh, the, the, the specials and the 11th Doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with what you say about the format. It's just... Yeah. It's yeah. a great format. That's what's one of the reasons why it has um, it's lasted so long. It's such an open-ended format. You can go anywhere, anytime, and do anything, mm. really. You're not limited. You're not, you don't have those, um, those walls to speak of. To um, you know, We have to do it here in this location in this time. All right. Well, last week we had gotten a um, a Skype message, and it was from Donovan. He and he, if you remember, he was disappointed that we didn't play his previous message. And it's not that we didn't play; we just didn't get to it yet. So uh, I had promised that we would get to it this week because um, we didn't have time last week. So we're going to round off with um, with his message here, and um, this is what he, this again precedes his message from um, from last time. Um. Hey, I'm probably one of your younger listeners, but still, um, I love Doctor Who, although I haven't been a fan for long. I've only been a fan since around, um, let me think, yeah, around November, December area of last year. I saw the, I was watching TV, just flipping through the channels, and I saw Doctor Who, the season finale to season two. I rather happened to like it, and so I searched it up on YouTube, and I found some, but a lot of episodes, some episodes, and I watched some of those, and that's how I became a fan of Doctor Who. And then I started, then I found your podcast when I was just surfing iTunes one day, and I was like, "Ooh, Doctor Who!" And I bought a couple Tom Baker episodes, and he's really good, but he was. Um, I'm going to leave some feedback on the Planet of the Dead episode. Uh, I'll, I'll have to say is <clears throat> I rather liked it. And oh yeah, and is this a little too? Yeah, I don't care if this is a little too late to give feedback on the Planet of the Dead thing. Still, um, I rather liked the idea of Planet of the Dead. It was not my most favorite. It was not my favorite. Like. Most favorite episode, and what I have to say, it was it wasn't really special, as in the word special, like Journey's End was, or like the season finale to season two. I really didn't think it was as spectacular as those. So I would I would really category as a special just because it came around the time of Easter. I would just call it. A normal episode. And I know you guys agree. And that flying bus was crazy. I was like, whoa. And I, I, I was, comp- and I completely agree with what happened with the flying bus. That's just crazy that they would put that in there. I think it's still quite odd that they put the flying bus, bus in there. And the crash landed bug spaceship. Um, I rather, and the crash landed a spaceship of the of the aliens who wanted to visit the advanced alien race 
I thought they were cool, but they weren't the best even, they, they weren't the best aliens. They were just flies, except they make ticking noises. And um, it is kind of cool how they made it so she couldn't understand what they were saying because they didn't, because, well, because she couldn't understand. But the doctor really didn't need to speak their language. But I, I didn't really think it was needed. And when you and get and also when you were talking about the joke they made about I need the I need the crystal. I need the crystal. Oh oh no I don't need the crystal. I just need these um nice latches that somehow deconnect into these perfectly a perfectly round wheel thing. Connect that there. Um and these things that perfectly fit on a nice size bus wheel. Yeah, and it's just uh, again, back to the flying bus. Why couldn't the, yeah, the flying bus, it was, I was, when I saw that, I was watching it on a low quality computer because I don't, can't get it anywhere else. That's the only place I could get it. But I was really just not really happy. I completely agree with you guys about the flying bus. And also about the episode, yeah, it would have been better if the episode also had some more of the uh, 11th Doctor, like, looming the 11th Doctor coming. But no, nothing of that. But still, I'd rather like the episodes. I'd give it four TARDIS drones out of five. And, well, that's my quick feedback review thingy on that so over all right well thank you so much there donovan and like we promised we did get your feedback go there the in the end yeah yeah so and um we en- always enjoy everyone's perspective as far as um you know we have some other reviews coming in future shows of um some books and whatnot so we yes do, um encourage that and looking forward to that so all right. Well, I think that's going to round out our show. Indeed. So uh, we have our homework assignments for those that are listening and, and ourselves as well. <laughs> homework <laughs> assignments. It's the middle of the summer. We're not supposed to have homework. <laughs> hey, when Doctor <laughs> Who is your homework, is it really work? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so Power of the Daleks. It's the first Patrick Troughton story and um, another regener- a post-regeneration story. So... First Lewis, guess what it's doing here in New York again? It's don't tell me it's raining. Rain, man. It just started to rain. I'm telling you, I'm telling. It's Blade Runner 2019. It's Los Angeles. Yep. It's. It, I, I can't believe this is. It, this is the what the 23rd of June. We've had two days that it didn't rain in the month of June. I believe it. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying since May rolled around, I can count the dry days on my hands and still have some fingers left over. This is this is London weather. It's been miserable. I mean, it, I'm going to go outside and there's going to be one of those red phone booths on my lawn. <laughs> well, that would be I was just cool. thinking the other day, it's been such beautiful weather here. And I know that Lewis has been twittering about, you know, how rubbish it is in New York. And I was just thinking, God, it would be ironic if these guys have to come over to England to, you know, have a bit Get of a little sunshine. sunshine. Yeah. 
Things have just gone completely topsy turvy. I don't know what's going on with the world. It was bad sorry, just because I, I heard background noise and I'm like, "What is that noise?" And I look out the window and it's raining it's just again. Just what we needed—more rain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was bad enough back in February when we, here in New York we flew out of winter to go to less to Los Angeles, where we were expecting, you know, eighty or at least seventy degree weather, and, and instead we got the fifties and rain and cold, you know, whatever. I, I was all ready to go in the pool in Los Angeles, and then suddenly, boom, we got we had yucky weather. Yeah, have to be the next Brits year. The Brits out there weather with them. Sorry, you shouldn't have invited me. Oh, no, no. <laughs> we'll take right, you well, with the bad for, weather. As long as we get you, we're happy. That's it for another edition of the Two Hour Time Lord. It's the Two Hour Pot Shop. <laughs> we'll be we'll be back next time with a uh review of power of the daleks promise indeed and we promise. Uh, all right so until ne- next time cheers everybody catch you later cheers. you have been listening to doctor who Pachak by the fan run gallifreyandembassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Gallifrey1.com. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next time for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Doctor Who Pachak theme by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This is Louis Trapani. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Louis Trapani. Follow James on Twitter at twitter.com slash James Norton. You can follow Doctor Who Pachak on Twitter as well at twitter.com slash Pachak. This Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible in part by donations from listeners like you. Goodbye. It's good, isn't it? Hmm?